Hey guys, it's Elida, and I am here with Daniel. This past Sunday, Encounter Church had their first preview service on Easter Sunday about the resurrection <laughs> of Jesus Christ. So how do you feel that service went? I think it it went really well. We were in a weird spot because we weren't expecting just things to work out as they did. It was our first preview service. We did it online, and we're just so thankful that the people who showed up showed up. And if you haven't, you could still check it out online today. Again, it is our first preview service. We haven't officially launched the church yet, but I think it it is giving you a little bit of a taste of what Encounter Church is all about. And it's harder to do that through the internet. It, it was hard enough to do it in, in person. We were going to have it in a, in a conference room or even at my house um, at a hotel. But fortunately, we do have a church now that we have located and that we are able to use their facilities. But even through that, we were just going to have preview services so you could have a taste of what Encounter Church is all about. But you don't really know what the church is all about when you only have one service per month. But it's supposed to build up hype. It's supposed to give you a taste of what Encounter Church is all about. Uh, and I think that it's a great way to do it just to introduce the church to everybody. And then once we have the launch service, which is in, in August, August, the 2nd of August, um, once that takes place, we're going to be full throttle. And I hope you guys join. But as I was saying, the previous services... They're supposed to give you a taste, and even then, it's kind of hard to give you a full taste of what Encounter Church is if we were to have it at my house, if we were to have it at a church, which we will once the coronavirus pandemic is goes down and we are able to meet again. But it's even harder to show what Encounter Church is all about through the internet, and I think we have begun to do that. Um, I hope that all of you have a taste of what it's about, maybe from it you could have you could see that we are about discipling students of the Bible. And at the same time, we are about evangelizing. We are about reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, I think that that was hopefully spoken through Elida's reading um, and also through the message. I think that, that the emphasis of discipling students and the emphasis on reaching the lost were, were present there. Yeah, like you said, it's it's definitely a weird time to be launching a, a church plant. But I think despite what was going on right now, and we don't know how long it's going to continue to be happening, but I think from that first service, there was still some type of sense of community with the people that did tune in. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited about that. I felt like people were tuning in and they were enjoying what they were experiencing, even though they didn't get the full effect of what we're really trying to do here at Encounter Church. I still think they got that little snippet of what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. Like, uh, if we could do that through YouTube, through Facebook, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's great that people communicate with one another, that people watched it, that people commented, that people shared on Instagram. Just, it gives a sense of community that we are all longing for. Um, I, I don't think that we could have church just by listening to a sermon or just by clicking a video, whatever the case may be, I think the ch part of the church, and and this goes into a, a fallacy, you could say, that among churches today is that we think of the church as just an experience when it's so much more than just an experience. Yes, we could have an experience at home, but there is a sense, a deep sense of what it means to be a church, to be a church, 
of being a community. Um, and that's very important. And it's really hard to do it to do it through the internet. And that's why I yearn for the day when we can meet all together. And it's not just meeting one day, but it's having that sense of community um, throughout the week. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to convey some sense of community through the internet. And uh, I'm thankful for the feedback and just the communication. Um, yeah, it's, it's been good. And yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I also wanted to say that if you were unable to catch that message that we had last Sunday, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel or go to our Facebook page at Encounter Church and take a listen to that. Um, we also have one here on Spotify available to you. So if that is your preference to be able to listen to um, our podcast and things like that, go ahead and take a listen when you get the chance. Mm-hmm. So our goal for today with this podcast is to just answer some questions that people may have had during the message of the resurrection. But before we get into that, do you have anything that you would like to say or maybe give like a little short recap of what that message was about? Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I want to add, if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM us, comment. We look at those and we will answer those questions on maybe at the moment, right there immediately, or we could also cover it here at the podcast, especially since we want to give people that opportunity. Sometimes the question that you're having is a question that another person has, but didn't really think about it or didn't articulate it. And it's just here we answer those questions and give people the opportunity to just hear it and have a fuller understanding of what a sermon is and of what the sermon was all about. I think like sermons are really just a a summary of what you know a person has studied and maybe there's some holes that maybe the preacher didn't really recognize um and we want to just it, it, and it's in a casual sense here in the podcast which is good um and more informal than in the preaching which, preachings are great and i think there's excitement with that and needed excitement that we should have and um it's harder through the internet again but I think that's awesome. I think that it's what the church should do. But I also believe that there should be like an informal setting where we talk about the sermon more in a discussion type conversation and answer questions that you may have had that maybe wasn't really the focus of the sermon, but somehow relates to the sermon. Um, so yeah, but you you asked about just a small recap of the message or something that I wanted to add. So I focused on uh, the book of Luke, the, the gospel of Luke his account of the resurrection, um, we we decided as Encounter Church uh, to go through a series called Excerpts from Luke, and uh, we have chosen certain passages that we thought that would be great as we start to launch this church in our previous services. So the first one was the first service, the first uh, sermon f- with this sermon series was um, the resurrection the resurrection and next time we meet in may um it will be about the ascension in june we it will be concerning the day of pentecost and in july it will be concerning cornelius and the gentiles which is awesome so we're we're going through that it's just certain passages that we have selected from luke like we found important highlights heart Hallmarks, and it's not saying that the other passages aren't important. They are, but we just decided to do these because they're so central to the Christian faith. And as we begin this church, um, 
as we launch it and partner with God, I think it's good to remember these central themes of Christianity. Luke does a wonderful job in explaining the start of the church. But again, so I, I focused on the book of Luke and his account of the resurrection. And uh, I could have done like harmony of the gospels. Um, if you don't know what that is, it is like when you look at different gospels and how they uh, talk about a certain event. So I could have done, for example, I could have looked at how Luke presented the resurrection, how John presented the resurrection, how Mark presented the resurrection, how Matthew presented the resurrection. But I think when we do that, although we have a better understanding of the historical perspective of what actually happened, um, but I, I think we, we may lose the authorial or the intent of the author. So what I enjoy doing and something that maybe you'll see as we continue with Encounter Church is that I, I like to see what the author has to say for himself and not comparing it to what other authors have said, but just what is the story that he is presenting. Mm-hmm. Um, in Luke, he's presenting a narrative and a story, and, he, and I, don't want to, I don't want to compare it with Mark and Luke. And yes, we'll do that sometimes, and there's good in that. But uh, I think first, at first, at least understand what's Luke's purpose in writing this. And he's writing it to a specific audience to a specific context. So what is the point of him writing this? And the best way that we could find out is by looking at everything that he wrote. So I focused on Luke 24 and looked at the entire chapter. And I think like Luke right here, he's he's inviting us to this journey. And um, it starts with the two women who find the empty tomb. And the not, not two women, sorry, two angels that were at the empty tomb. But there were a number of women. And um, and they were disciples. They find the empty tomb. Two angels appear. They tell the women about the risen Christ. The women return, tell the disciples. The disciples were in shock. And then we find two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus. So there's this journey. And I think this journey is something that we could all relate to, um, where we hear things about Jesus, where we maybe get intellectual knowledge about Jesus. Um, I like... Throughout the message, you, you feel a sense, or at least you should feel a sense of being on a journey. Like initially, I gave you some head knowledge to a degree. I gave you some knowledge about the women, that the testimony of a woman, of the women is supposed to give us confidence that this actually happened. Because if Luke was trying to make up a story, he wouldn't have used women. But he used women because it actually happened that way. So I gave you some knowledge to give you confidence, head knowledge. But there needs to be a point just as the the disciples got to a point where they knew for themselves, not just in their head, not just hearing stories or convincing facts, maybe from the Bible study that Jesus gave or maybe from the testimony that the woman gave. Um, but the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they needed to get to a point where their heart changed and that they knew for themselves that Jesus had risen, that they recognized him. Um, I think we find ourselves on this journey. I think Luke is inviting us to see it this way because just how he presents everything together, that we find ourselves on this journey. We hear things, we get head knowledge, we start maybe feeling confused, perplexed. Maybe we're still mourning. Maybe we're still with sorrow. Um, but there, and maybe we hear great Bible stories, but there needs to be a point, a tipping point where we know that Jesus has risen for ourselves 
you know, and that could happen in the ordinary and the extraordinary. So I believe that's what Luke is trying to convey, and that's what I focused in uh, within the, the sermon. Nice. Awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and start with our first question. By the way, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> so Check out more on the sermon. You can get <laughs> yeah. So one question that we have is, and you spoke about it a bit, that journey where those those two disciples are walking to, they're going down that road towards Emmaus, and I'm sure the other disciples felt the same way as well. But when they're walking and, you know, Jesus comes and talks to them, though they don't know it's him, mm-hmm. and Jesus asks them, you know, why are you sad? And they say, well, haven't you heard what had happened? And then they go on and they say... You know, we hoped that this man was more than just a prophet. Mm-hmm. You know, they were waiting for the Messiah and they truly thought that Jesus was that Messiah. But after his death, there was some maybe doubt in their mind that that's who he really was. Mm-hmm. And although while Jesus was alive, he during his earthly ministry, he taught the disciples what was going to happen and mm-hmm. regarding his death and how he was going to inaugurate the kingdom. Why, even though G- this all took place and Jesus told them, why didn't they understand even after his death what was happening? Yeah. And what was their idea of what was actually going to take place? What was their thought from the Jewish perspective, how the Messiah was going to inaugurate the kingdom and overcome the rule of the authorities around them? Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's a lot to unpack with that question. I think the first thing that we could do is uh, focus on Jesus' teaching regarding this. And he did obviously teach um, I could reference other books and maybe uh, or other passages from Luke, um, but I really just want to focus on this passage. Obviously, Jesus did teach about this. Um, first of all, with the two angels, they sh- shared with the women who were at the empty tomb that this was supposed to happen, and they remembered the words of Jesus that Jesus, the Son of Man, taught about this. Um, but again, the resurrection, that that idea that of resurrecting they they did have some idea you could remember the arguments between the sadducees and the pharisees concerning the resurrection um they had some idea but they saw it more as a corporeal as a community corporate type of resurrection not just an individual resurrection and that really happened uh, during the second temple jewish temple era that they developed that doctrine of the resurrection that there will be some sort of resurrection taking place so they didn't expect they they, you could even hear in the story of with john in john concerning lazarus and like yes the resurrection is going to take place i believe it was martha or mary one of the sisters um said that yes we believe that the the resurrection happens when everybody resurrects so so they had the idea of resurrection but they didn't see one person as resurrecting so they didn't have that idea of jesus christ resurrecting despite Jesus' teaching, that he would resurrect. Um, and he suffered, and they didn't have an idea of suffering, that this, that the suffer, that Jesus was going to suffer, that the Messiah was going to suffer. They didn't really have the idea of the suffering servant. They didn't connect. They didn't see the suffering servant as the Messiah. Um, 
despite Jesus teaching it. And he taught from the Bible that the Messiah, that the Son of Man was supposed to suffer. Um, their idea of the kingdom, of the son, of the Messiah, of the restoration, did not involve the Messiah suffering. Their idea of the kingdom, and we'll talk a lot more. We're going to go through a series concerning the kingdom mm-hmm. in the future. But just for right now, just at a glance, you could see that the Jews viewed the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom, God's kingdom, they viewed it in political terms. They always viewed it. And you could just, if you were in their shoes, you would understand why. You would understand why, because they went through, um, so they, they were in oppression from the Roman government, from the Roman empire. And they saw themselves as being delivered. The kingdom meant that they would be delivered from this oppressive government, this oppressive authority. They had been oppressed by the Babylonians, by Syria, by the Persians, by the um, by the, the, the Greeks, and now the Romans. And for them, the kingdom solely focused on the deliverance, the economic and political uh, just freedom. Um, and while the kingdom includes that, it's not really Jesus' emphasis, at least not here. The emphasis is, is greater than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get more into that later, especially in our next <laughs> sermon <laughs> about the kingdom. But um, yeah, they, they just had a misconstrued view of the kingdom despite the teachings of Jesus. And it's just because of their circumstances, because of what had happened. Um, previously, also, if you look at like intertestamental period with Maccabees with the, the book of Enoch and those you, you really get a sense of how they viewed the kingdom which was different um they just saw it as again as a political in political terms but it was so much more than that it could involve po- uh, political freedom and things of that sort but it's political oppression and things of that sort and deliverance from there but it was more than that and it and it included the kingdom included Jesus dying on the cross um, because it includes the freedom from the sins uh, that we have within our hearts. Um, it includes Jesus absorbing those sins and dying as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is part of the kingdom. It's not just political freedom or freedom from an oppressive state, but it is also spiritual freedom. It's a, it's a very deep and complex, the kingdom, it, but it involves God's people, involves... Jesus as king, it involves God's place here on earth. Um, we shouldn't just confine it to just po- poli- uh, as a political fr- uh, kingdom as the Jews did. Yeah. Nice. Um, one thing that you mentioned that I, I didn't even know that that was something that they thought of and I thought it was really interesting was um, their perspective of the resurrection. But mm-hmm. thank you for answering that question. Um, I'm excited for that series that's going to come out about the... The kingdom yeah. that makes me excited me for you to just unpack all of that yeah. truth and things like yeah. that. That's that's gonna start. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll take this time to advertise a little bit <laughs> to plug. Uh, so the the kingdom series, which we'll go through how the kingdom develops throughout the Bible. That's gonna start once the church officially launches on that date on August second. Uh, that's when we're gonna focus on that because it is a powerful theme. Um, that I think could help us in our daily lives, even now, um, as we just go through life 
and face pandemics and face life and <laughs> the struggles of life in the kingdom could be beneficial to our lives and seeing how the Bible speaks to that. Yeah. Awesome. So another question that we have is there are numerous times where we see Jesus is amongst the disciples and they don't even recognize him. Right. Um, why did it take so long for them to recognize them and while he was there in the midst of them? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And really the Bible doesn't give us an answer. doesn't say why. Mm-hmm. Explicitly we could speculate. <clears throat> um, certainly God ordained that to happen or it happened that way. Like it was in God's plan. And I think maybe... One of the reasons is so that we could relate to the people not seeing Jesus Christ. Um, I'm sure, like, he had, he had the wounds, he had the scars, Jesus, he was visible, but maybe they were just so much in sorrow, so much in mourning that they couldn't really re- recognize their face or, or was just downcast. Maybe with the two disciples, it was already towards the evening, so the sun was going down. Um, there's a lot of different reasons. We don't know exactly why, but we do know that they eventually do recognize him and they recognize him through something ordinary, (laughs) through the ordinary, uh, when they broke bread, uh, when they had, uh, um, supper. So, yeah. All right. So the last question that we have, which, um, relates to what you just said about kind of just those last verses of them breaking bread during that time, that was the moment that when they were breaking up the bread, they recognized that it was Jesus there with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's kind of like something I'm thinking too much into, but is there some symbolic reference there to the last supper that Jesus had with the disciples before his death and then eventually the resurrection? So you're asking whether there's a relationship between the Lord's Supper and the... The breaking of bread bread after the resurrection. Yeah. Well, I think, yes. (laughs) The Bible isn't clear. Again, it doesn't really connect them. It doesn't say the disciples remembered. It's not explicit. But I think there are themes and aspects that if you're reading that, you came to that conclusion, like, are they reminded about the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper that Jesus gave when he broke the bread? He said, break in remembrance of me, uh, eat and drink in, in remembrance of me. Uh, he had wine and those are, we could assume that that's what happened. And in that setting, it's also kind of interesting because usually the host was the one who would break the bread. But right there we find that Jesus was the one who broke the bread. Um, so there's like, so there is an emphasis, like something is different here. It's not the host, but it's this person who, and as he's breaking the bread, they remember, their eyes are open, they see Jesus. Um, so there is a connection to the Lord's Supper, and the Lord's Supper should remind us of, just the elements should remind us of the cross. And I think we saw it with the picture, if you look, if you saw the video live, uh, Caravaggio's picture with the bread on the table and the drink, just the elements that should remember us to remind us, uh, remind us of the, of the death of the crucifixion of Jesus, because the bread should remember remind us of the body of Christ, the the wine of the blood that Jesus shed. Um, so yeah, uh, there could be a connection to that. It's not explicit again, um, but the disciples could have saw that and then they remembered and they're just like everything's coming into their <laughs> they get re- yeah, yeah they're my blood <laughs> they get, have a revelation they're like this is the one um yeah so that could have happened it's a possibility that there is a connection there and i'm sure we could 
borrow from that after the resurrection and when we have communion, when we participate in the Lord's Supper, um, that we remember what Jesus has done for us at the cross. Yeah. Awesome. That's really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Just to put in that perspective, I think that I was really impacted by that message that you spoke and then having just speaking with you now, answering those questions. I think that when I have that time of communion, I will definitely be remembered of just this message and understanding intellectually what Jesus did, but also knowing personally what he did for me and Mm -hmm. how he saved me and things like that. And I, I think that's the purpose of what Jesus did and having that remembrance during communion is just knowing both intellectually, as you mentioned in your sermon, intellectually and personally, the effects of what Jesus did. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to answer just these few questions. Is there anything that you would like to say? Um, I think just a couple words uh, during this time that we find ourselves with the pandemic, I think um, that... I, we should, as a church, give some words concerning that. Um, and I think just connecting with the message, the message does involve, is relevant to that thing, maybe not directly, but indirectly. Um, Jesus is king, <laughs> you know, and that's one of the main things that we learn concerning the resurrection. And we learn about this new creation. And um, while we could taste this freedom have a just begin to taste it have a sample of what this new kingdom new creation is all about we could have hope today um for the future when we don't have pandemics like this disrupting our daily lives when we don't have death uh at the forefront like we're beginning to feel spiritual freedom we're beginning to feel the the power of not experiencing spiritual death when we are in Christ, but there'll be a time when we are fully there, when there's no death, even in terms of our bodies, uh, we will have a new body and there will be no more death, no more sadness. Um, and I think that's just something that should bring us hope about hope to the disciples. And also uh, talking about the new creation, beginning to live in under that, it also includes showing love to one another, showing kindness and especially during these times, um, we could do that. I wish we were more established, um, too. So we we do what we can right now. um, But I wish that we could be more involved in helping. And I'm asking that independently we could do that. Eventually, maybe we could have a ministry in that regard. Um, But uh, I just ask for you to show what what, what it means to be citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Um, since we are serving, how are we, since we are representing our King, how are we representing Jesus who defeated death, who healed the sick, who forgave the sinner? How are we representing him during this time? Um, yeah, so that's just a couple thoughts. I hope you guys uh, stay connected. Um, we probably will be a little bit quiet during this time. You could still follow us on Instagram. We'll try to stay active there. Um, but I hope to see you guys. Our main event is May 17th, our second previous service. We hope to see you there. Uh, again, we'll probably be quiet. We were loud because it was our first previous service and we were so excited for that. Um, and we just wanted to build a habit of giving an opportunity to, for people to connect through a podcast of some sort. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks.
All right. So as Daniel mentioned, you can follow us on Instagram at Encounter Church of Lodi. You can also follow us on Facebook at Encounter Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Encounter Church as well. I think it's Encounter Church Lodi, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.